This is Weon, and you're listening to Gravitas Podcast, making sense of the news. Which brings us to the important question, what's happening in that war in Ukraine? Who is winning it? Well, frankly, it's, it's a hard one to answer because Russia is not winning and neither is Ukraine. Sort of like a stalemate. For Ukraine, this is a massive achievement. Do you remember the predictions before the invasion? Ukraine stands no chance, said the world. Russia will topple Kiev in days. Well, it's been more than 60 days and Kiev is still standing. But at what cost? The answer depends on who you ask. Ukraine says it has lost around 3,000 soldiers. Russia says the toll is higher than 14,000. What about Russian casualties? Again, depends on who you ask. NATO estimates up to 15,000 Russian losses. But Moscow's latest report only admits 1,300 deaths. What has all this needless bloodshed achieved then? Let me pull up the map for you. You see the area in red. It is controlled by Russia. They have made important gains in the south and the east. But Putin will not be happy, at least not 100%, because Russia's military superiority is not coming through. Which is why he has changed strategy. In early April, Russian forces withdrew from around Kiev. They pulled back into Belarus and Western Russia. The new plan is this. Focus on the east and the south. Possibly occupy the whole of Donbass. And what's the situation there in Donbass? Again, hard to say. The West says there is strong resistance to Russia. That progress is slow and costly. Others say Russia is making swift gains. That Russian positions are strategically superior. If that's the case, why did Putin pull back from the north? Why did he abandon Chernobyl or Hostomel? Perhaps it was a ruse. Well, that's what another theory says. When Russia attacked the north, Ukrainian troops from the east rushed to Kiev. Defending the capital was priority number one for them. And that left Donbass and the south poorly defended. Another theory is this, that all of this was a Western trap set for Putin. He was led to believe that Ukraine could be conquered that his military was superior, and clearly that's not the case. Maybe the attack on Kiev was a ruse. But you cannot deny the hardware failures, the destroyed tanks, the sunken warships, none of that was fake. These comments by Pentagon Chief Lloyd Austin strengthen this theory. Listen to what he said. And, and so we would like to make sure, again, that they don't have the same type of capability but Putin is resolute. He says every single objective of the Russian invasion will be completed, what he calls demilitarization and denazification. I want to emphasize that all the tasks of the special military operation we are conducting in the Donbas and Ukraine, launched on February 24, will be unconditionally fulfilled to guarantee peace and security in the historical perspective for the residents of the People's Republics of Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republics, Russian Crimea and the entirety of our country. Apparently, there's a timetable too. The 9th of May. By then, Putin wants to declare some kind of victory, at least in the Donbass. But what's so special about May the 9th? It's Victory Day. On this day in 1945, Nazi Germany surrendered. The Allies, including Soviet Union, won the Second World War. This year, Putin is planning a massive parade. 
He's hoping by then Russia will have occupied Donbass. Reports say Russia is racing to meet this deadline. They're deploying more soldiers, intensifying aerial attacks. So Ukraine's allies are responding in kind. Germany, for instance. Germany has signaled a major policy shift. They will send heavy weaponry to Ukraine. Now this is big for Berlin. Since World War II, they think twice before sending military aid to anyone. Remember, they sent helmets before the invasion to Ukraine and made a joke of themselves. But Putin's war has changed their attitude. Germany will send heavy weapons to Ukraine now. This includes air defense systems, tanks and armored vehicles. So both sides are rebuilding and preparing for the next phase. Where does that leave peace though? Well, this week, the UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, made an attempt. He visited Vladimir Putin in Moscow. Another hilariously long table was set for him. But beyond that, nothing happened. Putin is blaming Ukraine for delaying the talks. After Moscow, Guterres flew to Ukraine. He visited the city of Buka, the site of the alleged war crimes by Russia. The UN chief appreciated the International Criminal Court's investigation. He also asked Moscow to cooperate. I fully support the International Criminal Court and I appeal to the Russian Federation to accept to cooperate with the International Criminal Court. But when we talk about war crimes, we cannot forget that uh, the worst of crimes is war itself. Well, I wouldn't bet on that. As this war drags on, both sides will change strategy. Russia will get impatient, so chances are they will increase their attacks. The West, on the other hand, will sense an opportunity. You already heard what Lloyd Austin said. He wants to weaken Russia. But where does all of this leave Ukraine? Well, back to square one. A pawn for the West, a prize for Russia.